What is up design family and welcome back to another episode of Fit Design TV. On today's episode, we'll be covering the importance of mastering your logistics department when it comes to developing your fashion brand. This is an often overlooked part of the business because it's not quite as sexy. It's not quite as interesting and it's not quite as dynamic. But believe me, as a sportswear designer, as the owner of a design agency that has had the opportunity with working with over a thousand different brands, big and small, the largest bottleneck that I always see comes into the back end, the logistics end. Logistics, we're talking about product development, product production, product shipping, warehousing and inventory and final customer delivery. A great quality product married with a poor logistics network can be the end of all of your hard work. So on this episode, I'll be giving you guys valuable insights from my experience as a designer and as an entrepreneur working with these top brands in terms of how they've streamlined their process, how they've put together efficient logistics networks, how they actually design and develop a great quality customer delivery solution and how that impacts their bottom line and allows them to continue to push stronger than ever. The first step of any competent logistics network is selecting the right vendors, selecting the right factories to work with. And though this topic, we can get into an hour long conversation about, just understand that you need to have an understanding of who's delivering my product. What category of product am I creating? Let's just say you're a small time manufacturer or a small time sportswear brand and you have a range of cut and sew items. Your manufacturing network is most likely going to be very small. You may be working directly with the factory that's cutting and sewing your garments and giving you the finished product. So your point of contact is going to be a single factory. But as you scale and as you want more lateral flexibility in terms of sourcing the right kinds of fabrics, the right kinds of packaging, the right kinds of trims, basically having full control over how your garment comes together, then you may start adding vendors to the mix. Also, if you're a small to medium time supplier or you're a small to medium time brand and you want to start venturing into different product categories, you will start to have to take on different factories that allow you to create accessories, that allow you to create seamless wear, that allow you to create other types or other categories of products that one supplier may not. Managing those relationships effectively is going to be key. What I found is that depth rather than breadth comes in handy when it comes to developing a great quality relationship with the factory long-term. The best business interactions that we've had with factories have been through focus and through developing a good quality relationship, building up our revenue with them and ultimately showing them that we are a brand and a company worth working with. It's important to always take the time out of your day to build meaningful relationships, whether that's going to visit them in person, whether that's having weekly or monthly calls, or just checking in from time to time. I make it a point to develop a personal relationship with the owners of the factories that we work with to make sure that when push comes to shove, which it often does, which is very normal in business, that they have our backs and we have their backs. We do favors for them and they do favors for us. This is part of starting to develop a more consistent and concrete logistics network. At the same time, you wanna make sure if you have multiple different factories that you centralize all of your design assets into one location that you can share with these factories. You don't want factory A to have an older version of a file that factory B doesn't have because there's no mis there's no contact between them. So if factory B and A are working on similar types of products, perhaps one factory is working on a cut and sew garment and the other is working on a seamless garment, but factory A doesn't have the updated packaging designs that you have created for factory B, then the same collection is going to end up with different packaging items. These are small, weird inconsistencies that brands don't notice until they fall into this. So. Streamline your 
packaging, streamline your content delivery to be able to get all of your vendors under one umbrella. It's important when getting into the research and supplier vetting phase that you're communicating with suppliers and you're getting them to agree to certain service level agreements. These service level agreements I've de described in previous episodes on this channel, but they should cover things like what are the delivery timeframes? What are the sample control qualities? What are the milestones that you will actually go through when going through a production order? Once your deposit is placed, when can you expect to receive PP samples? When or when after you confirm these samples, can you expect to go into bulk production? A timeline of your expected process is essential. Also, in the event of defective products, what is your recourse? Also, in the event of a late delivery, what are the penalties, if any, that a supplier must pay? Also, in the event of a late payment from your side, what are the penalties, if any, that you must pay? These service level agreements allow you to get everything out on the table before choosing to fully engage with a manufacturer. The next key category of logistics and planning that you need to buckle down on is going to be production planning and timeline management. This is essential and believe me, if anything, this is one of the biggest bottlenecks that most medium to large size apparel brands face. What does this mean? As a small brand, you're pretty much taking it collection by collection. You design a collection, you go into your sampling, and then you produce the collection, and then you sell it. Once you sell out, the process repeats. That can be a great starting point, but it presents significant challenges down the line. One of these key challenges is that you're investing into your marketing. As you invest into your marketing and you build up your customer pipeline, you've already put that sunk cost into the business. As your customers start to purchase and as your marketing machine continues to grow, if you end up with no products that are able to sell, you have no cash flow into the business. So in tandem with creating or selling product, you need to be creating new product. But as we understand, producing, designing, developing product is not something that is instantaneous. You can't just click your fingers, imagine the design, and all of a sudden you have it in hand. There is a certain series of steps that you must take. Typically, you go through the design process, then you go through the sampling process, then you go through the pre-production process, then you go through the production process, then shipping, marketing, pre-marketing, and then final delivery. This process, from my experience, working with thousands of brands, typically takes around six months for a single collection from inception date of your design all the way to when you receive a product. And that's with a competent design team and a competent supplier. So if you end up with a solution where you've sold out all of your product and you have none, nothing else in the pipeline, you're gonna find yourself in a difficult situation where you have customers that want to buy, but you have nothing to sell. What most larger brands will do is that they will design, develop, and actually place deposits on orders six to 12 months in advance. The largest brands out there will almost have two, the next one and a half to two years planned out. What I typically see is Excel sheets, numbers files, that are laid out with collection by collection and all of the pieces of the puzzle being placed into these collections. So let's just say you plan on developing 100 styles over the next one year. These 100 styles, you almost have into miniature collections. You're able to get a timeline of what your next year will look like, the next 12 months, the next 24 months, and lay out these pieces in a singular timeline that you can see. Sure, mistakes happen, sure, delays do happen, and you're able to move these things around, but you need to have a forward thinking ability in order to make sure that you have the pieces in play to arrive when you need them to arrive. So failure to plan is planning to fail. And this is especially true in the apparel business. When managing your timeline delivery, it's also very important before placing any deposits to have clarity from your factories on when the factory exit date of your garments is going to be. Typically before I place a deposit, I'll communicate effectively with my factory that based on a specific timeline, when we can receive the PP samples. Once we confirm the PP samples, how long it'll take to actually have the production 
products ready to go and how long shipping will take. This will give me an ability to project outwards and to set a clear and definitive timeline for when products or when I can expect products to ship out by. Sure, things do happen and this is why we have penalty clauses for when shipments are effectively or excessively delayed beyond when they need to and this is something that the factory could have avoided but not having these things out in the open and clear before starting opens you up to unnecessary risk and unnecessary delays that you will end up with no recourse for. Next up, we have optimizing logistics. Optimizing logistics means that once your products have left your factory, what's going to happen with them? Are you relying on your manufacturer to provide a shipping facility or a shipping agent to actually deliver the goods to your warehouse? If so, are your goods insured? Also, where are they being shipped to? How are they being shipped? How long is it going to take for them to be shipped? What documentation do you have to actually allow you to prove that you are the owner of said shipment? Do you have an LLC registered or are you a sole proprietor where if they put in the wrong name, it may be difficult for you to verify whether these goods are actually your possession or not. Making sure that you have your logistics nailed down is going to be key. Some of the largest companies will obviously have entire logistics teams that are dedicated to this. As a brand starting off, you need to wear that hat. Believe me when I say that logistics is going to be key. I'll give you guys specific examples of where poor quality management of your logistics can lead to tremendous financial costs and business costs on your business. If your shipment is delayed, every day that you do not receive that shipment is a lost opportunity to make revenue on that product. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. At the same time, if a shipment is made and for some reason because of a lack of documentation, because of a lack of proper communication with uh, whoever it is that is shipping out the order, if it gets caught up in the warehouse and it has to be stored, you are going to pay for every single day that that shipment is delayed. So there's a bunch of financial costs that can immediately rack up if you don't take the time to optimize everything. Once your shipment arrives at the warehouse, is it arriving at a warehouse? If so, is this your warehouse or do you have a third party service provider that is offering warehousing options? Or is it arriving to your apartment? Where are you going to store it in the apartment? Is there enough space to store it? Do you have effective room to be able to put your boxes out and have everything neatly organized so that when your orders are coming in, you can ship everything out? These are things that most people don't think of. If you're operating within your apartment, you should invest into a rack system or a shelving system whereby you can stack boxes, open them up from the bottom, have everything organized with small, medium, large Excel, and have access to a barcode scanner, a shipping label printer, and a dedicated machine that is able to track orders when they come in through your e-commerce site and print out the labels accordingly. If you're working with a third-party warehouse, then make sure that you've pre-negotiated that, that you have that set up so that they can take in your order, so that you have your backend set up with their backend when an order comes in, that it automatically gets registered to this side. Also, they need to be double-checking. When an order comes in, does the packing list match what has actually been received. There needs to be a count to make sure that these SKUs or the quantities that you're receiving are actually in line with what has said to be shipped out. You may be surprised. Things happen. Packages get lost. Customs officers can get overzealous and grab one too many products as testing samples. So make sure that you're doing your due diligence. When it comes to an in-house warehouse solution, so that means that you're storing the product, you're inventorizing it, you're tagging it, when an order comes in, you're shipping it out, or a third-party service provider. There's a ton of pros and cons, and we've done a separate video in the past that I highly recommend you check out, but just know that a 3PL is going to be cheaper in the short run, but it may be more expensive in the long run. 
Also, there's a sweet spot whereby it makes sense to have your own warehousing facilities. But as you scale beyond a certain level of business, it may not make sense for you to have your own warehousing facility. It may be more optimal as you scale, especially if you're facing tremendous year on year growth, 200%, 500%, which some brands actually do, then keeping up with your warehousing might be a costly option. So let's hope you get there and you'll see what I mean when you get there. Last but not least is the importance of technology in your logistics solution. At the end of the day, logistics is a very complicated web of different communication partners, different service providers, different vendors, different moving parts, both in your organization and externally. You need a centralized platform to be able to communicate. Most brands use Slack, some brands use WhatsApp, some brands use FaceTime, but have a centralized location whereby you can communicate with your manufacturers, with your vendors, with all of your service providers in different categories. Slack allows you to make this a lot more simple, but if you're dealing with overseas or Chinese or even Taiwanese manufacturers, you may find them hard pressed to get them on Slack, whereby WeChat or WhatsApp may be a better option. At the same time, internally tracking different production orders is going to be key. Making sure that your design team, making sure that your logistics team, making sure that your admin team, making sure that your financial team, and if that's all you, amazing, but you still need to actually be able to store all of the different assets, your tech packs, your purchase orders, your quotations, any documentation, any contracts you have in a centralized place and attach them to a specific order. This is where Trello comes into play. With Trello, you can create customized boards and within these boards, you can create different lists for different suppliers or different orders. And you could create cards for specific designs or specific collections that you're creating and attach all relevant information to that. Keeping organization will save your ass more than you know down the line and I highly recommend it. When it comes to a warehousing perspective, you need to definitely have some form of SKU or tagging option that you can immediately scan an automated scanning system as the packages come in is great, but obviously this requires a high level of investment and maybe at your smaller scale, you may not be able to invest into it, but definitely some form of SKU system to make sure that you know what orders are coming in and also what sizes as you scan them, what colorways, what products are the most sold, making sure that once a product is sold, that it's removed from your inventory. That way you don't oversell a specific product is key. Invest into your logistics. Logistics is a very complicated web and the more you invest into it, the more simple it makes your life and the more scalable it allows you to be in the long run. Most brands face the issue of scaling, not in their design process, not in their marketing process, but in their logistics process. When things become overwhelming, when they have too many moving parts and they're trying to use a strategy that would have been applicable at a 500,000 to $1 million a year operation that no longer makes sense at larger levels and larger scales. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider smashing a massive thumbs up. Also, I get this question a lot, but if you're interested in consulting with me one-on-one, -on -one, you have any questions on how to optimize your own logistics network or how to overcome any bottlenecks that you may be facing, maybe you're a brand making $1 million plus a year or maybe even less, you're able to see how to overcome specific obstacles that are starting your growth, that are costing you money, that are costing you time. And if you have a team that are costing your team morale and effort, I can definitely help you out with that. I've done a tremendous amount of case studies and work with the largest companies in the world. And I'm pretty sure that I can help you guys as well with that. Guys, if you want to watch more episodes, check the channel. We have over 600 different episodes on all things, sports, fashion, graphic design, manufacturing, logistics. And from the very bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week's episode, stay awesome.